Hello, diary listeners. How are y'all this week? Pardon the delay in this episode. Uh, I'm going to dub this episode Juggling, because that's how I feel lately. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. So it's hard to really describe what... I'm going through so much as it is that I feel like I'm a lot of different places all at once. I I don't think that that this is a rare thing to feel, especially with all that I'm kind of trying to do at once. I've had a lot of situations in the past week that have been kind of interesting. I... It's, it's been really good. I feel really good. I just, uh, I, I, I've rec- recognized that I'm really trying to do a lot and that I've had to very much so, uh, I guess, uh, the best way that I've described it recently has been that I have had to really shut down some things that it kind of hurts me that I'm not able to make time for or that I'm I'm not, I guess, uh, really able to take on. It's, it's like throwing me another ball at this point when I already feel like I'm juggling so many. And it's been kind of cool. Like, I, I guess that's where I'm at right now is that, you know, I have some things that I'm really trying to take on and in terms of life and I think making declarations for yourself about certain things that you want to take on it's really a big test I think a universal test of will and conviction for you to have the minute that you declare something about yourself have like things chucked at you to kind of see whether or not you really mean what you mean about the things that you're going after. So that's what I kind of feel like has happened to me in the last week is just that, you know, it hasn't been bad. I just think that the the world around me has really t- been testing my convictions for certain things. And uh, like all new new people to certain certain convictions and certain certain I guess wants for a practice there has been things hurled at me all week that have really challenged my ability to focus and you know it's it's led and it has been leading to a lot of uh inconsistency with the podcast and I I'm endlessly grateful to all of the listeners who come back every week and who bear this level of inconsistency, I I know that there's a deep grounding love that you have for the show, if, if that's what you're willing to endure. And by proxy, I look at that as a deep uh, love and connection with myself as well, because I, I think that you recognize something that I'm trying to do that that really marries with the the convictions of your own heart. And I, I, you know, that's what I want to put out in the world is just like letting people know that they're not alone. They're, they're, they're doing what they feel compelled to do in this world and that it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to do the work. Um, you know, I I have been grappling with my faith lately, with my connection and walk with God. I've been weighing and and taking on a lot of insights from a lot of different people. And 
and you know and kind of feeling that out and seeing how that that works for me and what I found is is that it really comes down to my connection with God I really do have to trust that more than I do anybody else's insights I will listen to other people's insights and I will listen lovingly because I know that if somebody is giving me their time and their energy that it is typically with deep concern for my journey and what they see and think about me. However, when it comes down to that, I hope everybody here can hear this and know the deep importance of this. As much as I will look at and consider and care and give gratitude for other people's insights into my life and my journey, I can only weigh it so much. It is not the truth. It is their perception. And I like gathering perceptions because, uh, you know, I'm very limited. I can only take in so much in this world. And I appreciate other people's perspectives when it comes to everything regarding me. You know, I think when you are a visual artist, what you really accept and rejoice in is this this critique almost of everything that you do this this dissection of all that you put out into the world and you kind of get excited when somebody has insights and it might feel really bad to hear if that insight is not you know what you wanted um but i'm i'm trying to really be the type of person who can hear those things and weigh them for what they're worth. You know, kind of put them on a shelf and let the validity of those things. (laughs) Oh, diary listeners. I, you know, it was a perfect time to get, I guess, interrupted. Um, as I'm explaining how much gets thrown at me on a regular basis, It was just kind of serendipitous, I guess, or ironic, however way you want to put it. But Rico, you know, he knows that I'm recording. He knows that I need, you know, like a studio space, but he just can't contain his excitement when something is going on. So in the background of me recording, he was like, babe, I'm going to go. I'm going to get your car's emission tests. I was like, great, you know, that'll give me an opportunity to like record. And he knew I was up here. And (laughs) so forgive that brief interruption. But if that isn't the perfect way to isolate the kind of balls that get chucked at my head regularly and kind of disrupt the 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 course of what I'm aiming to do, I I couldn't think of a more perfect example And it's all love, right? Like, it's all, I mean, you can't even get mad about it. I laugh about it, honestly. What I was saying was I I consider. I consider what other people have to say. I'm trying very much so to not get frustrated. I'm trying very much so to just be as loving and tempered as I possibly can because the overall perspective that I'm really, really trying to have is, is that we're all human. We're all on our own journeys. We're all gifted with very precise gifts in this world. And we all have purpose because if we're here, we have purpose. And so I am really just trying to, as I, as I walk with God... I'm really just trying to embody that grace and that kind of, uh, I guess, flexibility. I really think that it is um, making me a better person. But I am, I am 
kind of, you know, like the, the former Amy, the very diligent, the very structured Amy that, you know, uh, you know, like when it comes down to people, when they're first starting something, I do feel like there are things to kind of hurl at them to let them know when they're walking down a path that may or may not serve them. And because it was hurled at me, you know, uh, for example, to kind of break down what I'm talking about, when I first started tattooing, I had such lofty ideals about what I was going to do. Like, oh, I don't understand why you would wait until like the week of somebody's tattoo appointment, let alone the day or night before or day of to design for them. Like that seems ludicrous to me. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you pre-design like months ahead? Why wouldn't you stay in the, in the frame of what somebody just talked about and, you know, get ahead of the game and get, get, you know, get, get the work done. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, I didn't know. I didn't know the business to which I was involved enough in to really be able to make that call. I just had ideas about structure, time management, work management. You know, I had a, a very locked in work ethic that, that had served me up until that point. And in my mind, that made sense. And what was hurled at me was like, you can do that, hun, if you want, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to redesign a million times to Sunday and what some, and when you give people that amount of time to look at a design and, you know, cause I was talking about like, I don't know, sending it like a month ahead of time or whatever, or like just getting ahead of the game. And why wouldn't that be good? I was told, I was like, you don't give people that much time to look at something. What they'll do is they'll pick it apart endlessly and never make an actual decision. And what you want, and, and also you'll, on an artistic level, what will happen is you end up designing something so, so long before you actually execute it that you really aren't excited and attached to the work at that point when you finally end up doing it. So two things happen. One, your client will pick apart the design to nauseam to where you're like, dude, do you even know what you want? Like, and they don't, they don't, they really have to, they know that they want a tattoo. They know the general idea. They know that they are excited about something, but they don't, they know how to register an immediate response, but they need, they need a bit of time, like, like closing on them to make a very qualified and true decision. And, you know, I've kind of got that factored down to a, a systematic point where I feel like it's, it's fair and it's nice for everybody. Um, but if you give somebody way too much time, man, like they just sit and look and pick apart and analyze to paralysis almost to where, you know, the person who's doing it doesn't even want to do it anymore. They're frustrated because this person is not making a decision. They don't even feel great about putting on a permanent fixture to someone's life and to their bodies at that point. And then the artist, like at that point, it's been so torn apart and so away from that initial excitement and energy that everybody had in the beginning that it just doesn't feel good anymore. So you really have to like, you have to consider all of these things, you know, when that, when it was hurled at me, it's, it sounded very like, you know, the way it was delivered to me was very condescending that, that view, like, if you want to do that, if you want to, you know, uh, you know, go through all of that, but I'm going to tell you what, what's going to happen. And I looked at it as like, don't you tell me how life is going to be. Let me figure it out for myself. And, you know, I of course did do that. And I of course did have to figure it out for myself. And I'm kind of back there now in a lot of ways where I'm trying to take on certain things where I truly feel like I'm a baby all over again. I'm having people hurl, 
judgments or insights at me. And, um, you know, rather than at this point, however, take it as like, oh, what do you know? I'm kind of not doing that anymore. I'm kind of paying attention a little bit more and considering what they have to say a little bit more and really looking at the point of their experience as some kind of insight as to where the opinion's coming from and why. With your mentors and tattooing, regardless of how brash they are or how off-putting they can be, a lot of the times when they're giving you advice, and even if it comes off really harsh, I think it's important to realize that they wouldn't be putting themselves in a position of mentorship if they didn't actually want to bestow certain knowledge onto you and um you know I think you have to I think you have to gracefully weigh all of those things and then decide your own boundaries uh within that but you know something that I really like uh is this concept of really compassionate people Brene Brown has done a lot of work illustrating that and uh, a lot of research in regards to compassion and and truly compassionate people. And what she basically outlines is that really compassionate people have really good boundaries. And, you know, it's not enough just to be kind, folks. It's important to be to be resolved about your boundaries because kindness can only go so far if your boundaries aren't aren't respected, defended, and, and resolved. Because what happens is, is that everybody gets abused. So even if, even if there was the best intentions, again, best intentions are the pathway to hell. And I do truly feel like there are more people trying to be kind in this world than they're trying to be awful. I think it's only a very, very minute, minute, group of people who are really just trying to truly manipulate and coerce and get one over on the rest of us and um and for them to pointedly do so like intentionally do so I think that's you that's a more minute I think most people don't even know what they're doing they're just doing the best that they can with what they have And even those that are purposely trying to do it, you know, I'm trying to have enough grace to realize that, you know, they have purpose to the rest of us, if not to make the rest of us stronger, harder, you know, um, more evolved human beings. Like, you know, nothing really persists in this world without challenges. So I'm, I'm really just trying to embrace this time as messy as it is. You know, I mean, we, we lead this podcast by saying raw to refined, you know, refinement. I don't know how long that'll take. I know within tattooing, I really didn't feel any kind of grasp and, and like feeling of comfort within tattooing earnestly until I was like five years in. So in the podcasting realm, I'm only four years in now. And uh, I still think it's very messy. I still think there's a lot of insecurities and a lot of juggling that needs to be done. I do think that when it comes to what I'm trying to put out into the world, it's it's being pushed forward. And I think that my my grasp of certain things that I didn't know before is becoming a lot more just, you know, push and play kind of thing and a lot more user friendly, at least as far as like what's going on in my own mind and how I feel. Um, I mean, for instance, I'm, I'm able to record same day and publish the same day and that's becoming a lot more able. I don't want it to be that, um, you know, like I don't, I don't like that within tattooing as far as like having to, I guess it, I guess it is about delivering a service to people and it not being unrefined. Um, when it comes down to people paying for it. So I guess the grace here is that, you know, all of you are able to access this podcast freely and determine what its value is to you right now. And I feel like that's a very even, comfortable exchange. I think when it moves into a level of where money is flowing in, 
there'll be a higher demand for me to have consistency for you guys of timing of of structure to the show of reliance and all of that stuff but in the meantime I think that this is a slow grow to awesome and I really want it to be integral and I I really am going to embrace all of the all of the mess and just get dirty I mean it's kind of how I've learned everything and I feel like in in doing it that way I have so much more peace about what I know and there isn't as much of this imposter syndrome that I feel within things. I feel like when you you try to like rush it to be like awesome and and perfect right away. Even if you make that look really good right away and people like clamor onto it immediately that's when you really get the imposter syndrome because you just feel like you haven't earned it yet and then you feel all this responsibility right away and it also allows people to like really hurl things at you and demand things from you that you're like where is this even coming from we don't even know each other yet like I don't I don't even understand how you can cast this at me right now but you'll allow for that cast to happen I think a lot more if you're not vetted in time and temperance and and you're not really knowledgeable about the work that you have put into anything. Once you know that you've put skin in the game and you've put time and, and passion and work into something where you have really troubleshooted every variable, then you can speak from a place of true understanding and and you don't get so, I think, at least for me, you don't get so uh, offended when people come at you with uh, their preconceived notions of anything. You rather just kind of stand there and, and push back in a way that's kind and considerate of all the things that they're kind of putting on you so it's it's an interesting space because then you truly are able to mentor them in a way that's kind and graceful a perfect example of this is you know I mean I hate to reference her often um AJ at the time Andrea but AJ my former apprentice I mean she was my my apprentice she had asked me once you know how much time you know, people are asking how much time I, I've been tattooing and I, I kind of get upset about that question. I don't know what to say. I feel like it's, it's a, a confronting question that kind of makes me feel like they're going to, you know, like I'm not going to get the opportunity to tattoo them. I guess that's what she was getting at. And I said, well, you know, tell them how much time you think they need to hear. And she kind of jumped back, but that was the advice that I was given by my mentor. And then I broke it down and I said, well, you know, that's not my style, but it is, but it is a way and it is an option because let's get to the root of why you're asking this. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that you want time under the needle and you know that the more opportunities you get to actually tattoo, the better a tattoo artist you'll actually become, right? So... You know, for you, it's kind of like, you know, I'm trying to move towards this being my profession. I need to make money. You know, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm excited. I know my, I know that, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best. And I know that I'm really going to put a lot into this. And I, and I, you know, like all this genuine, beautiful energy that you have coming to it. But, but you also get kind of hammed up because you're like, oh, you know, like, I have to admit something to this person. Like, I have to admit that I haven't been doing this very long and that, you know, maybe that'll that'll talk them out of in their own mind, you know, getting work done by me. And and so that's, that's on the practitioners and on the client's end, you know, they're thinking that time in the game means something about the quality of, of the product. And that's just simply not true. In fact, more time in the game sometimes can can lessen the quality of a product. And if we're talking directly about products, there's a sweet spot uh, of when a product is really at its height and, and its most 
palpable energy. Like once it, once it becomes about, uh, I think, a consistency of a brand, and and it's and it's really trying to prove itself to its clientele. That's like actually the best time to get in on a product because it's really trying to meet its market group very adamantly, very integrally, and it really wants to sell. And it's a great even exchange of passion, energy, wanting to do all that it can. But once it moves to a point where it is um, branded and people trust the brand and, and people count on the brand, then it becomes a marketable thing in itself. Then what ends up happening is other companies end up coming in and they they start they start going, "Oh, you're now a brand that I can buy. You and yourself, you are marketable. You are something that I can have sell my products or I can I can attach my name to you and I can buy this company." And then once they do that, then they start saying, oh, well, you know, like, I mean, have you, have you considered, you know, buying this cheaper product over here? You know, this'll, this'll increase profits for us if we do this, this, and this, and we restructure and we reorganize things so that we can, we can have more output and we can service more people and we can make more money. And then it becomes about, money at that point. It becomes about numbers and it becomes about, you know, this thing that kind of is removed from the initial heat of, of the product. So for me, I really like to talk to people about those kind of things. I really like to stay in that pocket of like, let's break down what you actually think and feel here. Let's, let's really get real with each other. Why are you asking this question about how much time have I been doing this? Because what does that mean to you? Like, is that going to sell this for you? Or is that, you know, like, does it really even matter? Like, let's, let's talk about what that means to you. Because I know people that have been tattooing for 20 some years, and they haven't grown at all. Like, in fact, they've gotten worse or they've gotten lazy or like, or, or simply put, they're getting older and their bodies literally can't deal with, with the demands of this job. And they've had to pull back a lot and they've had to, in a very integral way for themselves, do certain things that require them to take a step back of what they can actually offer you. And it has impacted their output. So what does this mean to you? Like, and, and what, why are you asking it? And I think when you really frame that with people, they, they kind of understand a little bit more about what they're engaging in. Because when you have a person-to-person artistic service-based exchange where you're trying to craft something for someone as an artist... I do think it really counts about like where you're coming at it from and what kind of passion you have put forth to it. So I always just try to meet people with that passion and be very, very, very honest. And that's what I ended up telling AJ was that, you know, I'm very passionate about what I do. And I try to keep the passion always integral there. And I always try to be very, very honest with my clients because I feel like that gives them every ability to walk away. And I want them to walk away if whatever they hear from me kind of doesn't work for them. Because I know then that the exchange of that energy, that tattoo, is going to be marred by something that just doesn't feel good. And that's going to be with them for the rest of their lives. And I just don't think that that's good. But it's not for me to tell you your style. It's not for me to, you know tamper with what your, I guess, wants for growth are or any of that. I just know where I like to be. Where I like to be within any business is very, very real with people. Very concerned about them coming to me for a certain level of atonement, a certain level of peace and uh, tranquility and acceptance and 
and also like a safe space to really grapple with some things that I think they've long felt, but maybe never had a person that they could really, really, really dive into those topics with in a way that would be unbiased and truly thought provoking. And it comes down to everything with me. Like I, 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 I think that's what I, the journey that I've had to kind of do with tattooing and now my, my, my present walk with God is that I've really had to figure out what all that means to me because of how sacred I feel my, my services to people and what I do. I put a lot into it. And actually like this past week, I, um, I had a, a guy, I won't call him out, of course, because, you know, I, I think that it's just important as this, as this show has always been about to give you guys things to consider. You know, my experience is something that I really hope that everybody will just take and like I'm doing with everybody else that's chucking things at my head you know, just put it on a shelf. And if you really don't like how I'm saying things, then turn off the podcast. But, you know, this happened to me recently. Hey, are you somebody who likes to draw? Are you somebody who wants to draw better? Are you someone who tattoos? Are you somebody who wants to tattoo better? Well, then I recommend that you go to our special offer in our show notes of this podcast page. Our website is theapprenticeshipdiaries.com. And on this page, you'll find all our listed episodes. Within there, the show notes, there will be a link, TAD10. Click on there and find yourself 10% off a year's worth of the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. It will make you better. And it didn't happen to me. It was just, it was a happening this week. But, and I had every bit of choice to engage and not engage in this. I mean, it was very fair and I'm very blessed for it. But I belong to Facebook groups that that are all tattoo artists. And this one guy came out and he put up a post of, you know, basically saying that he had made a new enemy in the tattoo community. And he went so far as to frame what happened between him and this other artist that he basically launched at because he didn't like how this artist talked about tattooing and how this other tattoo artist framed what we as tattoo artists do. And the guy who was making this post on this tattoo page was was just kind of upset about how this other tattoo artist framed what we do. And he was looking for, I think, camaraderie amongst other tattoo artists to be like, yeah, we just draw on people. Like, that's all we do. Like, honestly, like, the whole attitude was like, honestly, if you take yourself like this seriously, you're really an idiot. This is all we do. And I thought that I wrote a very, um, you know, balanced comment that I think gave him some, you know, the guy making the post some credit and then also gave the guy who he was challenging some credit as well. You know, basically what I said was the only thing that struck me about the dude that he was calling out and he blatantly put his face and everything up on this post like he framed this guy and wanted to like incite this kind of cancel culture kind of attitude like it's amazing to me how many people need that they need to like cancel others they need to like quantify things they need to box it all up I led my comment with basically saying I don't really understand why this guy bothers you so badly The only thing I can say that he did that I don't really approve of is that he tried to quantify what we, quote unquote, as tattoo artists do. I don't think that's a fair thing to do because artists are varied. Like how we express ourselves 
our styles, our manners, our particular thing. It's, it's, it's a per person thing. It's a, it's when you walk into a tattoo studio, you're, you're not walking into a restaurant to where you're going to get a consistent meal, no matter who you go to. You're getting basically a food court where, you know, over here is, you know, Asian cuisine over here is like Italian over here is like American fusion. Like you, you're really walking into a lot. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you, you'll walk into something thinking that you're going to get one thing, but realizing, oh shit, you know, like I went to an Asian place hoping for an Italian meal. I got noodles, but they were not the kind of noodles that I was looking for. You know, that's really it with tattooing and and artists in general and with the actual product that you're going to get at the end. So I didn't approve of this guy quantifying what tattoo artists are. My main point was like, I don't understand why it bothers you so badly outside of the fact that he tried to kind of put us all into one boat. What I did admit is that the way that he talked about himself is much more in the way that I would frame what I do. I care deeply about what I do. I don't, I don't think I just draw on people. I don't think people come to me to just draw on them either. I think it is a lot more like this man said, where they're, they're seeking an atonement. They're, they're looking for a soulful healing. They're ready. They're wanting to express something that they can then go back out into the world and better meet the world outside of them, feeling confident, feeling like they've, they've dealt with something that they really needed to grapple with in a, in a very, you know, kind space, a very neat space, a very rare space with another artist, with a practitioner who can help them feel that and, feel great about the kind of mark that they are leaving with because it is precisely the kind of mark that brands them for the rest of their life in an integral way where they feel very happy with what they've put themselves to because it was a perfect, it was kind of a perfect little slice of interaction with somebody where something was created that they can walk around with a sense of pride with and they don't feel abused and they don't feel you know, like they're, they're further behind in this, in this feeling of disconnection with everyone else. And to me, that's what art is, is about reconnection. It's about, you know, atonement. It's about, you know, taking some power for yourself and sitting with that and creating something with that and meeting the world back in a way that's very integral and very personal and very exciting because now you have something to talk about and you have something to be excited about. And you know that there's hope. There's hope in this world. And I get that that's not everybody's style, which is what I said to the guy. I said, you know, you frame yourself as just drawing on people. Okay, that's fine. If that's that's how you operate and that's how your clients see you. And, you know, if that's how you want to own it, that's cool. But, you don't, you know, that's not everybody. And just as this guy shouldn't talk about how everybody, you know, should see themselves as some kind of like, you know, borderline tattoo, sacred shaman therapist, you know, you shouldn't quantify it into just drawing on people. And then I listed the definition of an artist. I did go back to the 1828 definition because I do feel like at that point in time, People were a lot more grounded in what language meant in the English standard level. Um, I think that words have gotten really, I mean, words in themselves have become so varied in their contextual meaning and application these days. It's really hard to like siphon definitions, I think, of a modern sense from like Google and stuff because I, I don't, I, I, I really don't think that those are defin- definitions anymore that that aren't kind of catered to, at least in my understanding and my my view of things, a want to shift the the communal understanding of what all these things mean. Um, and I really think that it's a shift that's seeking to divide us from each other and keep us fractionalized and keep us better controlled and managed. 
however much that might frame me as a conspiracy theorist, I do feel that way. So I try to dip into definitions that are older when human beings were a lot more wanting to come together on certain understandings. Like, it, you know, it was the formulation of a lot of unity in our country where we're really trying to have a kind of general consensus about what words mean and and what we were seeking to do when we spoke to one another. You know, it was, it was in a time and age when people wrote letters to each other and they, they really had to make sure that the things that they discussed were grounded in a common understanding of words. So that's why I do that. Um, you know, there wasn't this immediate exchange where everybody could just at a moment keep texting each other to get to the heart of meaning about any one thing. So that's why I do that. But, you know, when you do that and you look at what an artist is, I think in general, the the definition doesn't land on any one thing. It, it sometimes says a philosopher. Sometimes it says somebody who's a craftsman. Sometimes, you know, like it basically just means a very skilled human that has something to deliver that they can they can offer. And in terms of commercial artists, it means that you are a person who's good enough at whatever you're doing that people want to buy it. And there's a money exchange or there's an energy exchange there. So I can't just call it just because just is kind of what I'm doing right now. Like it's, it's a free exchange. Like you can tap in when you want to, you can consider it if you want to. It's like, putting a piece of art on the wall and you know if you want to look at it you look at it if you don't you don't if it bothers you you can walk away but when you're when you're actually exchanging goods and services or or money or energy that way and it needs to be considerate of both parts of the spectrum both people I don't think that you can at least for me I would never characterize that as just because I think when you get into a a very dismissive, it's just this kind of thing, I think it is just that it's dismissive. It's, it's, it's something that's kind of shooting yourself in the foot because, you know, if you're demanding money for this and you're on the, on the same end going, well, it's just like if you're actively devaluing what you do as you're asking for value, it's, it's a, it's an illogical thing to do. It's very, I don't know. It's just, it, it doesn't create forward momentum. It just kind of stalemates you and it, it, you know, so this guy, you know, to, I guess, wrap up this story said that I was a fool. Um, he put some kind of, he called me a roaster, which I had to look up, honestly. I didn't know what a roaster meant, but it, it basically means fool. And he said, he, I took myself too seriously. And if this is how I talk to my clients, he can't even imagine the kind of people that would work with me and that he couldn't work with me. And all this stuff. Like, I was just like, well, it makes sense as to why you're not making any friends right now, bro. I mean, come on, man. Like you're launching yourself at me when I even gave you a nod. I, I, I gave you like, I, I I didn't side with any one party here, but what he was wanting was for me to see things the way he saw it. And because I didn't, he was very apt to call me a fool. And he was hurling insults at me I was like, you better learn to take yourself less seriously. And I considered it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I do take myself very seriously. But at the same time, I kind of laughed at him. And I, and I was thinking to myself, you know, <laughs> here's a guy trying to tell me that I'm a fool because I commented on his post and I took the time to earnestly consider what he was saying and give my care to him and he's calling me a fool for it again another like stalemate in what the hell is this about dude so I kind of laughed at it because for me it was like I'm the fool I'm the fool okay well you know 
That's fine. I'm the fool. I mean, he said that like my my comment was the longest and it was so arduous to get through and it was so hard. And it's much like everybody who says, you know, you, your podcasts are really long. You know, like that's that's a lot for any one person to digest. I think you should really consider cutting them down and framing them under a certain time frame. I'm just like, dude, look, nobody's demanding that you listen. Nobody's demanding that you read it. You're the one who made the post. If anybody's here, you know, listening to the podcast, you're the one who made the decision to listen to this podcast. My hope is you made a decision because you like being here. You like something about what I have to say enough to like listen to it. But the choice is yours. That is your choice. If you don't like what you're experiencing within that, walk away, man. Like you don't owe me anything, which is how I basically wrapped up this exchange between me and this other tattoo artist. I was like, dude, you don't owe me anything, man. God bless you. Like, like I don't, I was just trying to give you a little bit of care, you know, coming from me. And then I got nothing but insulted for it. So yeah. I mean, you know, it's very evident as to why this guy isn't making friends and why he's creating enemies as he goes. I really, you know, I am going to pray for this guy because it seems like he's very angry, very conflicted, doesn't know how to actually bring the kind of things that he really wants and thinks into this world. He's just casting shade onto people and I think he's doing it in such a way that it's not going to get good results because it's just going to run people away from him, which maybe is his aim. You know, maybe his aim is like, I don't want to deal with all of your shit. I just care about what I care about and I'm doing what I'm doing and I don't want anybody to question what I'm just doing. Can I just do this? And the answer is yes. But You cannot control how other people see you in the grand scheme of things. That you don't get to actually control. That you don't actually get to command. What you do get to control is whether or not you walk away. What you do get to control is whether or not you consider it or accept it. And so... I guess what I'm I'm trying to tell all of you is that I'm very afraid right now. A lot of balls in the air. As you guys well know, I'm trying to tackle calligraphy. I'm also trying to stay in the word regularly. But there's a conflict there because I almost feel like I'm doing too much there. I think I need to take separate time because the calligraphy is one thing. What I'm finding is I think I need do need to 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 ferret out one style of calligraphy because I'm kind of taking on multiple ones because I'm so excited and I have all these different tools and I've ordered a bunch of different tools that I'm like trying to feel out what I like best. Uh, I will say this as far as insights regarding, I do really like the OG like quill pens a lot. I, I like the fact that I don't know. There's something about, I guess, I guess it kind of just feels a lot like tattooing and the fact that I have to continually stop, pause, dip into ink and feed this pen. I don't get this just set and go and play kind of instrument, much like the markers. The markers are really freeing and, and you get a lot more consistency as you go because you're able to stay in it and you're able to really keep the angle of your strokes consistent with that because you're you're constantly fed this ink the minute the ink doesn't come then you have to pause and you have to go oh shit like i gotta i gotta refill my my quill at this point and and come back and then you have to come back and go okay where was i what's the angle and it's so much like the beginning of tattooing man where these These verses are taking forever. I'm not even out of chapter one of the Bible, of Genesis. Like, it's it's amazing how long these verses take. And I find myself wanting to just drill the alphabet. Like, because I really like drilling the alphabet. Like, I just want to kind of feel out each letter. But when when you're trying to actually translate a verse, you don't get... You don't get the benefit of 
feeling out every letter because not all will be rep- represented in the verse. What you rather are confronted with is the consistency of how you actually deliver that letter. So it's so hard, folks, because what I can say is, is that my style for the most part has been very Bob Ross happy accident. <laughs> like It's artful, but it's really just a, it's kind of like, I guess if it's a martial arts kind of thing, like a keto, like I'm going to take the energy that's slung at me and I'm going to deflect it and make it look good. And I'm just not going to feel any of it. Whereas this is more like perfecting a kick or perfecting a stroke or a punch or a headlock or, or like really trying to isolate individual technical ability and get it right and just drilling it over and over and over again. It's like hitting my shins against a bamboo you know, stick just to harden and make my, my, my abilities and my fortitude succinct and, and really, really grounded under the weight of that bamboo and, and just harden my shins to it. Like, that's what this is like. It's super hard. It's like not what I usually stick in for. Like, usually I'm like, I'm out. I can't deal with this. This is too hard. I'm not good at this. And I run. And I, I can honestly admit that to all of you. I kind of have from this point, from uh, like to this point rather, stuck with things that have been very easy for me. And I've just leaned into those and been so blessed to be good enough at those things that people really, you know, ask for them and want them. And it's a weird thing, too, to evolve in your artistic, like, life. You know, I kind of feel like Metallica, for example. Like, people all really love Metallica. And then when they got older, they're like, yeah, man, you're not the same band anymore. Like, yeah. They're still producing art. It's just it's just different art with different tempers and, and different understandings of where they are in their life and... You know, it might attract a different crowd, but I think it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing and it's a necessary thing for us as artists to remain integral to what we're called to do and for our audiences to recognize the fact that if you got in at a certain moment in time and you really loved your experience, that that needs to be enough. It needs to be enough that that experience happened to be grateful for it and to let it go when it comes to the history of it. Cause it's the same thing that you have to do when you're failing all the time or when you're, you're just drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling and you got to let it go. You got to let what you did go. I got to look at my, my paper after I make a mistake and realize that I'm not on my iPad right now, that I, I got to admit that I made a mistake and I got to scratch it out and then I got to keep going and I got to let it go. It's the same thing when you, when you experience something beautiful, you know, you got to let it go. And I think that's something that you learn when you're, when you're a tattoo collector. I don't even when you're an artist is that you've got to let these things flow through you. And really kind of just let the energy not get bound up. but And if it does, then you have to really digest it. And that's what I've had to do over the past couple of years is like digest where I'm at with tattooing, really remove myself and come back to it stronger, uh, more available to the crowd that I am seeking to interact with. And really feel that out. And I'm excited again. You know, I'm excited again to tattoo. I'm not upset anymore. I um, don't feel like it's wrong. I'm not scared anymore of what will happen. Whether it be regulatory or any of it. I, I feel finally again like I can meet people in a common space where we're both understanding what we're doing again. And hit this and really create some awesome things together. But, you know, I I guess, I guess 
a juggler is somebody who really, really is able to gracefully do something that is such a high level of performance and make it look so graceful and easy. But it takes such amazing time and so many balls get dropped in the process or whatever you're juggling. And if you're doing it with fire, you're, you're going to get burnt. You're going to feel all the different things that you feel in putting yourself to something that is really challenging. Your shins are going to get hardened. You're going to learn so much. And that's, that's just where I'm at right now. I guess this, this diary entry is just letting you guys know that I'm juggling. Balls are dropping. I'm going to pick them up if I feel like that's something that I really, really didn't want to drop. And I'm going to keep juggling it. And I'm going to keep putting it out there. And I'm going to keep performing. And the aim is showing all of you that we're all in this. We're all doing this. And that it's okay. The balls are going to drop. That there's going to be moments where it's different. There's going to be um, discomfort. There's going to be times where... You know, if, if you're growing and you notice that there are brown leaves on you, that you're going to have to cut those things off so that you can keep growing up and you can reserve your energy for the things that really matter. And, and just like that, this today, honestly, was a perfect thing. You know, like that mild interruption from Rico earlier, that was kismet, but also earlier today, like every intention today was that Rico and I would would spend our day carving wood. But it's it's looking like it might rain outside. We've really we've really enjoyed the use of Dremel tools and for us to sit outside, which is where we have to really go when we're when we're carving these days because we don't have a wood shop that we can just leave a mess. And we don't have proper ventilation for it either that we just were like, well, you know, it might not be the best day to actually spend time with electrical devices outside. We could probably like whittle on some wood inside and manage that fine because it, you know, puts off, you know, bigger chunks of wood. It's not all this dust shit. And um, we can, you know, manage that fine inside if we if we're so moved today. But you know, Rico was really kind to me and he's like, babe, we don't really have to do that. We can take a day. We can just have a really chill day and not, not push for anything today. You know, I really need to go to the grocery store, which by the way is where he's gone now. Uh, <laughs> I paused the podcast, had a moment and I said, you know, I basically told him like, Hey, I'm podcasting. You can't, like, you can't rush into the house when you know I'm podcasting and like scream up the stairs. Like, even though it was really sweet and very cute and all of that. And I'm, I'm happy that I got to share with all of you, uh, a little nuance of my, my daily home life. I told him, I was like, when we, when all of this progresses, we get more land and we get more possibility to spread out a little bit more than just this town home that we're, both of us are contained in. You know, I'm really going to need, if I continue podcasting, a studio space where I just go, the door gets shut and, and a sign gets hang, you know, hung like I'm, I'm in the studio space, like shh, silence, like I'm recording, I'm recording, it, it, you know, studio time. I am not to be disturbed um, and have that be a rule and a boundary. But as it stands right now, you know, our house, our house is our home and I'm in our home. And there's a lot of things that happen in our home and, you know, particular growth, growth time is that I gotta, I gotta find time for all these things. I gotta, I gotta cut off those dead leaves where they, where they find themselves. I really have to weigh what's worth my time, what's not, you know, I, I, I'm finding that my ability to gracefully and lovingly deflect energy or set boundaries, I guess would be the better way to put it, is happening. I'm more lovingly able to articulate and frame my boundaries now than ever. And I'm, I'm quite happy about that because it's, um, 
it's been the thing that's weighed me down a lot in my life. Like I've really felt like I had to sacrifice so much of myself in order to be loving to other people. And it, it just, it, it always put me in such an exhausted, such a terrible frame of mind, such a accosted, victimized place. And it, it really just was as simple as asking of people in a way that is mindful of both them and me and really enacting some beautiful communication skills that gives everybody the ability to be kind to each other and themselves. And, um, you know, one thing that at least in my experience with therapy is, is that that's what it's given me. I don't know if that's a common thing anymore with therapy. It seems to be very affirming these days, which I don't think that therapy necessarily should be. I think in my experience, therapy was always, um, it wasn't affirming. It was, uh, me going to a mentor and learning about the things that I was doing, looking at them abstractly with an unbiased party and really thinking about acquiring different skill sets and tools about how to manage, manage these things that are just hurled at me constantly and not feeling victim to them constantly. And really just learning managerial tools that made sense and allowed me to confront my world in a much better way. It, 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 didn't, it didn't tell me that I was right or wrong. Like my therapist really never did that. She, she loved me and she liked me and she admitted that. And those were in spaces that were less clinical And I think that it was very per person. She was a person that very much so knew how to regulate and keep her own boundaries enough that she could properly meet people within whatever they were dealing with and know that it wasn't going to get off the rails. But in the times that she was really giving me therapy, like she would give me homework, she would have me go and read books, she'd have me digest certain things. Sometimes I'd have art, art homework to do to explore but she really helped me learn how to digest my life and meet the world in a way that I felt good about again and so it it allowed me to exist it really was life-saving because I don't really think that I could have lasted very long in this world if I continued to do all the things that I felt, you know, were like were considerate or were loving. And I was just getting beaten down by this world by them. And, you know, I've heard recently from commentators that I, I really love and respect. And I see what they're saying. You know, Matt Walsh is somebody I really love. But like... He's talked about it recently and, and he's right. I mean, you know, statistically you can look at it, you know, he's, he's kind of calling out therapy right now. And he's like, you know, it's kind of amazing that with as much therapy as going on right now, how many people are actually going there to therapy, they're getting more and more depressed. And I do think that that's something to look at because if the results are that you're not getting better, that things aren't going up, then you really have to question the quality of what you're getting. The only thing that I will say is that in my experience, therapy was amazing and it was life provoking and it it gave me new life and it really helped me. So I don't know what that means to anyone else, but I know that in my own experience, I can't say that therapy was bad. Um, I do think that it's important for people to look at what's happening with their own growth and figure out whether or not they like how they're growing and how they feel about their the results of what they're doing. And if they feel like, you know, it's not getting them anywhere, then it's okay to disengage. It's okay to walk away. It's okay to try new things, to find other spaces where you might actually benefit more. And just lovingly disengage or lovingly watch somebody walk away. You know, that's important too. So, you know, I I think that that's 
that's uh, probably a good place to, to wrap up this podcast. Um, I hope that it has given all of you who have taken the time to sit with me and consider everything that I'm going through this week and the ramblings of my mind. I hope it has been thought-provoking for you and has given you a lot to consider. But if nothing else, I hope you know that you have my sincerest gratitude for your time. It is our time. It is something that we cannot get back. And I am very grateful that you have given it to me and stuck this out with a greater want to, I guess, grow yourself and to know me more, which is such an honor. So thank you. God bless you all and have a kick-ass week. Bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.